Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you on Tuesday night. It's, oh wow, it's almost 9.15, but that's all right. Where else would you rather be as a Steelers fan? With me, as always, this is the Scobro Show, and we can't do a bro show without a bro. So with me, as always, is my big brother, Rich. Rich, how are you? What up? (laughs) (laughs) You're a... you're getting ready to, uh, to to make a little trip, aren't you? Yes, Not that I am. A trip, but a little trip. Yep. Right. Uh, we're um, looking at what nine, nine days? days. Nine yeah. days. Nine. Yeah. yeah, single digits. So if you counting down, you will be in Latrobe for practice number two. Correct. Two. Yes, practice number two. So yes, and getting that all squared away, pretty good. Kyle, of course, had his work schedule come out. They scheduled him to work that day. He has since gotten that switch. <laughs> there you go. So uh, apparently Kyle has a very similar job as what one Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman had when he was growing up, you know, taking care of golf carts at the golf course and, and things of that nature, right? Is yep. it that job or, the, or another job that he got scheduled for? Nope, that, no, that's that's he's in the cart staff. So gotcha. That, one of their things is taking care of carts, moving them around, cleaning them. All kinds of fun stuff. All that good stuff. So yeah, we're we're here to talk training camp because, wow, we will be back with our next show in one week from now, and we will be talking about the Steelers and their reporting to camp. They won't have practiced, but they will have reported. They will have done their quote-unquote run test or whatever it is that they do. We'll probably get news and some interviews. Don't know if we'll hear from Coach Tom on that day, but man, I can't believe that that we're here. I mean, it's funny because part of me is like, oh, I can't wait for the Steelers stuff to get here. But at the um, at the other end, I'm like, I don't want to wish away summer. I mean, my, my my oldest child is getting ready to go to high school. And I'm like, I don't want it to go that fast. But if it's going to go that fast, I'm, I'm glad that it's good from a Steelers standpoint. I just look at it as we're finally through the dead period. Yeah, the dead period. But even in the dead period, Steelers made a roster move today. Um, I, I did the article. It's funny. Jeff and I were talking about it when the report came out last night that, um, that they had worked out five different defensive linemen. And I said, all right, Jeff, you're going to do it. Or I said, what I said, you want this to go out tonight or you want it in the morning? Let's do it in the morning. Who do you want to do the article? You or me? Ah, you'll be a little bit more thorough with it. Yeah. I had to do some digging to figure out who all these guys were and who did the Steelers sign. They signed the one that actually was much easier to find information on because he had played in the NFL and had actually had games under his belt, even at a couple starts under his belt, if I do believe. So, um, so yeah, now I'm trying to, to look up to make sure I get the name right, because I'm going to mess up and, and get one of the other ones. It 
was Doug Costin. Doug Doug Costin, defensive tackle. He Miami of Ohio. So a little connection there. Someone said he could maybe maybe he could take a Ben Roethlisberger parking spot since they were the same college. Um, it was he was undrafted in 2020. Was with the Jaguars. Started nine games with the Jaguars and had 32 tackles in in 2020. Um, was on the practice squad in 2021. Was actually on the Bengals practice squad during the playoffs. Didn't sign the futures contract with the Jaguars right away and got on the Bengals practice squad and then played for uh, the Birmingham Stallions this spring uh, with the USFL. So it's 90, 90 men that replaced Daniel Archibong, who uh, was announced. And the Steelers never announced that he got put on the reserve slash retired list. It just came across about a week ago across the NFL wire. So anything you want to say about the addition? Other than that, hey, there's an addition. Hey, there was. There's now 90 guys on the roster. Yeah, I guess they were really intent on taking a certain number of defensive tackles. The fact that they only—that's the only position they worked out. Yeah. Um, when I saw that, that's all they worked out. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Lost the defensive tackle. They determined they were bringing one in. Yeah, and the first thing that fans will think of is like, wow, the Steelers are so deep there. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. Why would they bring in a player at that position? It's training camp. It's splitting up the reps. It's being able to do different things in different drills. They have a certain number of, of players they have in mind at a position. Remember, the Steelers cut five players after their first preseason game. So there's already five guys that they'll only get a shot at one game. And I'll be honest with you. How you you put you you put the chance this. What are the chances that the Steelers make a roster move before their first preseason game? Oh, that I'd say probably a uh, good chance. Yeah, I'd say ninety-five percent most likely. Yeah, someone will get someone will get dinged up. Someone yep. who would be you know that's not that would be a long shot to make the fifty-three man roster is going to get injured. The Steelers aren't going to want to wait around. They're going to need a body. They're going to they're going to wave injured and bring in someone else or something like that. Or someone's going to come in and they'll be like, "Yeah, this is not working. We need something else here." So. Um, that's just how it is, but who knows? Sometimes it's a guy that comes in during training camp that makes it. That was Zach Banner. When he first came with the Steelers, he was added mid training camp. So yeah, not that he's still with the team or anything, but just an example of someone that can, that can still catch on. So you, you just never know some of these guys, they just need an opportunity. So, so yeah. So, um, yeah, I, now I'm going to say this. Some people were 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 really sad. I I thought they might keep them. They decided not to. There was the the videos yesterday of the ketchup bottles coming down. The only reason I'm saying this right now is because if you haven't listened, make sure you're checking out all the podcasts on the network. the The last podcast to go before this one was the Steelers Fix. And apparently there is some dissension between one Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts on that show because Andrew Wilbar says that he eats his, I don't know if it was hamburgers or cheeseburgers, I can't remember, but he eats them plain without condiments. And we had quite the discussion on our Slack channel about and this. That is sacrilegious. It is mm-hmm. sacrilegious. And I say, I'm with Andrew. 
I got your back. Hey, Andrew, I, he used to not be that way. If Andrew's listening. Well, as a kid, that I would way. put mustard on a hamburger. That's right. That was you, it. You ate mustard on everything. But I wouldn't, I didn't have to have it. Now, like, it's like plain, you know, if we're just picking up a snack or something from McDonald's, oh, can't even say that word around Jeff Hartman. He'll throw a fit. It's like, yeah, I'll take a big double plane. Now, you know, you know what? <laughs> I, I was waiting and I could have called you out on the Slack channel for stuff today. Okay. But I chose not to. All right. Instead, you'll call me out on our show. I'll call you out on the show. <laughs> So I hope some of the other folks on the Slack channel listen to the show. I'm sure, uh, hopefully, oh, I see mm-hmm. Kyle's out there. Um, so here we go. There is a good reason why Dave does not eat ketchup on his burgers. I don't eat ketchup, well, because I don't eat ketchup on anything. Because he doesn't eat ketchup on anything, because <laughs> Dave has never liked ketchup. No. Boom. Yeah. Simple. I don't like tomatoes. I'll do pizza sauce on pizza. I don't like a lot of sauce. Um, but that's just, to me, ketchup, it's a texture thing. Um, it's got a, I mean, some places would take applesauce and put a powder in it to turn it into ketchup. I'm like, ew. Just, ew. It's a texture thing. I don't do mayonnaise. I don't do ketchup. Um, and I, But hey, I'll say it here. If, if, if you want. If I'm going to put any condiments on a burger, if they're like, you have to put a condiment on this burger, what's it going to be? It's going to be buffalo sauce and ranch on a burger. It's good stuff. Especially if you got onion rings or onion straws on it too. That's pretty good, which is funny because I I don't like, I won't eat onions unless it's onion rings, (laughs) which is just basically breaded onions. Um, But uh, so I got your back. That's something that came up and... The hilarious part, though, was then we evolved from, you know, eating condiments on burgers to, you know, how you cook your steaks. How you cook your steaks and everything. Well, that's I'm the one who brought up steak because I I think I make a valid point here. I know this is a family show. We'll get to the Steelers. But this is a valid point that to me, a hamburger or cheeseburger is is a great thing. It, It doesn't have to have anything to taste great. It's fine how it is. If you like something else on it, that's great. That could only make it better. But to me, it's great how it is. That's how I'm the same way with steak. Steak is great how it is. You don't have to put say steak sauce on steak. There are people that won't eat steak without steak sauce. So I'm just like, no, but you but have steak to- is good without it. <laughs> if, if, well, it can be good without it. Okay. Yeah. I would eat want steak sauce on a steak if all I had was a steak. That's been grilled mm-hmm. and nothing else done to it. Then I got to have something mm-hmm. else to put a little flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Now, Honestly, I myself just want you to know you can ask Dave, you can ask my family this because yeah. I've made them a couple times this summer. But if we actually go into the steak challenge that Jeffrey Benedict put out there, <laughs> I'm winning. Uh, well, my thing is. People would have to be fine eating eating venison steak because that's the only steak that I cook. So I don't know when the last time is I actually cooked beef at my house because that's not what I have in my freezer. <laughs> but uh, I have a nice marinade that I do with steaks. But honestly, if I didn't marinate it and all the it's just some various spices and stuff. But even if I didn't have it, it would still be good. So uh, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I got to give a shameless plug. Okay. 
Okay. I will, I, oh, I know you're you're going to talk about it. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. So you know what we need? We need a sponsor for the sponsor This conversation. This, the I'm first one's free. First That's one's right. free. Here you go. All right. So I almost called by by the wrong name because I forgot they had to change the name when they got licensed on Amazon. Okay. So um, go on Amazon and check out. 1042 it's 10-42 barbecue all right 42 barbecue and now what i use what i actually use on the steak is his brisket rub Mm -hmm. i actually rub the steak down with the brisket rub because it's a nice peppery mix but then i add some of my own stuff as well um and again the key is in a steak is cooking yeah, you cook the steak. yeah, you, you, you got to cook it right. See, and the challenge is like my wife doesn't like any pink in her steak, which I know Shannon would say sacrilege. That it's a challenge to cook a steak with no pink and not dry it out. It is. I can do it, but, but you got to be able to do it. Yeah, I can do so, it. Um, we should get back to the Steelers, but this is all comes from the ketchup okay. bottles coming down at 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 the venue formerly known as Heinz Field. I had an article behind the curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I had that out this morning. I'm like, I see all these quotes of people about the name of the stadium, and they all line up with various various stages of the five stages of grief. You know, <laughs> that it's that that it's um oh now I can't even can't even remember the 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 order that it goes in because the order didn't matter. I'm like I mean, sometimes it does go in order, but it doesn't necessarily have to. But the thing is, different people are at different stages right now with the name. And and, and the way it goes is you got denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I did the quotes. I said, denial. I'm not calling it that. Anger. This name sucks. Bargaining. If we sign the petition, are they going to reconsider the name? Then you got depression. It's like, oh, man, I have so many memories of being at Heinz Field. And then acceptance of it's just the name on the sign. It's not that big of a deal. Cam Hayward, he's at, he's at the acceptance. He put out a tweet. that said, I love this tweet. Yeah. He said, man, y'all better let it go. It's a Heinz bottle. We've got bigger fish to fry. See y'all with the trobe. People love that he did, you know, the, uh, you know, mixed, mixed his food metaphors in there. So, right. um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what it is. But I will say one thing where you did say about the, about the, 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 what was the name of it again? 40, 1042, 1042, right? 1042. Um, I'm not a, on Amazon. Get it's good stuff. I'm telling you. Now, now people are really going to have a problem with me. I'm not a fan of barbecue sauce. I'm a fan of barbecue seasoning. They, Does that make sense? Bar- yes. Now let me tell you. Ten forty two. First, we got we got the we we support. He's local. I've known him actually. His younger sister is married to a good friend of mine, Dave's, mm-hmm. um, and he he's a retired police officer. And has his own barbecue place and got this deal with Amazon to, to put out different spices and rubs and stuff. And we got the first one came with brisket, came with spicy barbecue and regular barbecue. Mm-hmm. First thing we did was we did the regular barbecue, put it on some chicken thighs in our pressure cooker. Mm. And did and then added some barbecue sauce for pulled chicken and it was phenomenal 
So Steelers took 46 cents. Who else is suddenly hungry? Yep. All this because right. of big ketchup bottles. But um, that's right. This, this is right here. This is the heart of it. But yeah, I was just saying, like, because hey, if you're from the Pittsburgh area around there, like Snyder's of Berlin potato chips, the barbecue potato chips. See, I like seasoning. Now, I'm not a big like gooey barbecue on my steak or on like I don't even do ribs or anything like that. I like, I like, I, I don't like it like that. I I like I'd rather have a good rub and slow roast it and stuff like that, but that's just me. But I want to bring this back. This is T-Bar says this. Says, just disappointed I never got to go to Heinz Field. So there you are. That's, that's you're you're at least in stage four. Um, but I, I understand that. But you want to know what? Um, can, can I bring something up? Because I don't know how much you remember. Okay? okay. But I just remember an awful lot of fans when the move was being made for the Steelers that they were upset that it wasn't going to be called Three River Stadium. Yes, absolutely. Now, what was funny was, is it was a little while between knowing that new stadium was coming, wasn't going to be called Three Rivers before it was named. What's interesting is once it was named Heinz Field, people made the connection to Heinz and that became accepted very quickly, which by the way, who wrote that article that you put out on the Slack channel today? That was phenomenal. Which, which, the one that everybody else was like, "Wow, that was really was well Post, written." That, was that at the Post Gazette? Yeah, I don't remember who wrote it. It wasn't a regular sports no, writer. It was, no, it was. But um, it, Gene Collier shared it on Twitter, but that's not who wrote the article. It was a very good article. It talked about Pittsburghers and the struggle with change because of everything they've gone through with the steel industry back since the seventies. Fantastic article. That that I yeah I. I'm the one who shared it um, because it, it was it was that it was that good. But this is what I'm going to say. What uh, that went along with my article before we dive into our topic here, we're just talking about various Steelers things. That the one thing that fans shouldn't expect is for the name to not be Acrisure Stadium this year. It's it's not that they're going to go back on it. It's they're not going to change it. The deal's done. It's it's what it is. So eventually you're going to have to get to that acceptance, whether you like it or not, because it's not going to be a different name. That's one. Two, I brought up Acrisure's a $3.8 billion company. Kraft Heinz is over $45 billion. Acrisure put up about 4% of their net worth to sponsor the stadium. Heinz wouldn't even put up less than a third of a percent to do it. So in other words, Acrisure wanted to be a big part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They wanted it. They were a volunteer, not a hostage. Any other Pittsburgh company could have stepped up with that as well. But Acrisure wanted to be a part of it. So part of me is, when I'm part starting to come around to it, it's not like I'm happy about the name, but I'm like, it's someone who wanted to do it. It's someone who wanted to partner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, so you got to at least give them to that. And yes, one of the minority owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Thomas Tull, is also a minority owner in Acrisure because Acrisure um, acquired his company, which I can't remember the name of right now because it's not important. So I, it's okay if you're not ready. It's okay if you're angry. It's okay if you're sad. It's okay if you're bargaining. It's okay if if you're in in denial it is what it is, and it's yep. I'm I'm ready to go. But uh did you um 
were you looking up for that article? <laughs> you looked like you were looking at something. I, I was so, trying to figure yeah. out exactly where it was. I couldn't find it. I couldn't. Remember yeah, maybe we'll maybe see it sometime. But what we what we're talking about tonight, we knew we had a little bit of time here. Wanted to talk about the roster. We wanted to talk about training camp coming. This is the big thing with training camp. We didn't want to do it the day they reported. We're doing it the day the, the week before, and that is what our each of us did our five our top five questions going into Steelers training camp. We did this last year. Almost to the year of 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 what I mean, almost to the exact date. I think we did this on like the twentieth last year, and this year it's the nineteenth um, of this same topic. I actually have my list from last year. We'll look at it when we're all said and done. But we have our top questions going into training camp because there's things that need answers, and there's lots of things that need answers. So, are you ready to dive into this, Rich? Do you, do you got your five ready to go? Or are you still seeing if you can find that article? Uh, so hold on. I think I found the article. Hold, hold up. Oh, nope. Okay. Missed. Nope. I thought nope. I had the article. All right. Well, that's all right. Well, we'll, we'll see if we can get it at some point there. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, I got my five ready. I'm ready to roll. And you did them in order, right? Five to one. Yep. Five to one. Get now some, I, I got them ordered. I'm not going to be shocked if we have the same five questions. Um, I'm also not going to be shocked. Um, we have five different questions. Yeah, we're not going to have the we're not going to have them all the same. I can okay. do that right now. All right, I can all, I can all let's, let's do this. Question number your your number five of your top five questions going in uh, for the Steelers going into training camp. Here we go. All right, number five questions going into training camp. What does Matt Canada's real offense look like? That's a great one, and I don't have that on my list. That's a good one. That's a good one. What does the real offense look like? That is a great question. Matt, Matt Canada's real offense, because all yeah. we've heard is, is that we didn't oh, see it wasn't, yeah. the real offense. Yep. What does the real offense then look like? That that That's a good one. Um, So we're going to kind of maybe, I don't, not that we have to answer these questions, but look at the possibilities, we could find that maybe Matt Canada's offense isn't much different than what we saw last year. That's going to be really disappointing to Steelers fans. Maybe Matt Canada's offense really needed a quarterback that had some, one, mobility, and two, could take was comfortable taking snaps under center in the passing game. Because you didn't get that a lot with Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't right. want to turn his back to the line of scrimmage and drop because you know how fast he was getting the ball out. Right. So I think it'll be, I, I think that's a great question. Anything more you want to say about your own question? No, just can't wait yeah. to see what, what we're seeing. Yeah. And that's part of why I can't right. wait for nine days from now to get there and start this. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question about that. Sure. Do you think we see much of it in the preseason? We will see. Um, we will not see everything, but you will see changes because my thought is, is if it's so different, Certain scheme things have to change. Even if what we see changed is still very vanilla, you're going to be able to say, oh, this is in place because they're going to do things off of this. We're going to see formations. We're going to see motions, things like that. We're probably going to see some some different things, even if we're not seeing everything. I, You know what? I, I totally agree with your question. Or sorry, with your answer to the question, Steelers Freak has a follow up question to this, which I like. I this doesn't mess up anything on my list. Hope it doesn't mess up yours. He says, "No, it well, does Can not." But it's a great question. It's a great question. Well, Canada stay in the booth now that Ben is gone. I think there's a good possibility. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I, that's just me speculating, speculating, recollate. Speculate. So, 
But that's a fantastic question, Steelers Freak. And guess what? We will, I guess we'll see that here pretty soon. When especially because I I think I wouldn't be shocked if he tries both in the preseason to see what works better. I wouldn't be shocked about right. um so yeah, there we go. Here's my number five. Okay. My number five. Will the rookie wide receivers be ready? I almost used that. I, I almost used that one. Some something similar to that, but I did not. So there are so many Steelers fans are convinced that oh, we have these great wide receivers. I'm not gonna get into it. I love Shannon. We vastly disagree on the whole notion of the Steelers trading Deontay Johnson this year. And I'm like, you're are you sure your rookies are ready? Are you sure you want to go in to the season with only one experienced wide receiver when you have new quarterback situation? So that's that's a whole different point. But even with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, the, are both going to be ready right away? I think they're good if one of them is. But then the question is, how soon would they be ready? And here's just something I'm going to throw out there. The Steelers have a lot of wide receivers, and they have guys that they had on the practice squad last year, like Anthony Miller, Stephen Sims. Cody White started the year on the on the uh, practice squad last year. They very well could have a wide receiver or two on the practice squad that they know they're going to be calling up first couple weeks of the season because they don't want to take someone like Calvin Austin III, expose him to waivers, but they don't know that he's going to be ready right away. I'm not saying that he won't be, but I'm saying if he's not, that is an option because you have those two call-ups from the practice squad. So something to remember there. Anything else you want to say about the rookie wide receivers being ready? No, just, you know, it, it, it is a great question because if they are, the Steelers are, are great. If they are not, then there's a lot of work potentially still to be done. Yep. So, so all right, number four. Okay, hold on, I'm going to find my four. Okay. <clears throat> number four um all right this this was one where it's a, a general into specific so okay all right so number four questions in the training training camp cornerback in particular cam sutton witherspoon wallace sutton spoon and wallace kind of what's going to go on how's it all work? how's it all fall yep. yep that's a great question I will talk about that one later. No, I figured you would. <laughs> that one I figured that one I figured we'd match up on. I'll, but if you want to say more about it now or if you want to wait. Uh no, I will wait until you bring it up and then we can talk okay. some more about All it. All right. Because here's mine, and this wouldn't be one if I surprised you you say what you'll talk about later. You you mentioned three players. How's it with two main two main positions? Yeah. I'm gonna mention one that's four players with three positions. How's the interior offensive line gonna shake out? between, I mean, to me, James Daniels is locked in, but I'm not necessarily sold that he's definitely locked in at right at right guard. Because if there's any any question where you're, the Steelers are concerned about Mason Cole and Kendrick Green at center, James Daniels can also be an answer at center. I, would, I think the Steelers would prefer to keep him at guard, but it's not out of the question. So... There's there's where he's going to end up. How's it all going to fall out? Is it really Dotson versus Green at the guard spot? Is it is Green really out of the running at center if he shows that he's made the improvement and and that's more than what Mason Cole brings to the table? 
but what's great is that the Steelers don't have to count on Kendra Green at all. They they would they still have options without him. So how's it all going to shake out and who's it going to be where? I don't have this any higher than this because I think there's a, a general idea of how it's going to be, but I, I think that's an important question to be answered. You? Moving on. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right. Um, that What you just said was almost my number three, but I decided not to make it number three. Okay. Um, number three. The Brian Flores impact. I didn't. I didn't go. Coaches. Boom! You missed coaches out. No, I, I missed out. I, I got so focused on got, players. I was, no, I was this is great. I focused in on players, and all of a sudden, I said, "Well, I can't forget about." And actually, it was Flores was the one that came to mind first. Mm-hmm. And then later, I thought about Canada. You know, and and I was like, you know what? These are as big a questions as some of the player and position stuff that's out there. So I, I, I found certain um, player position things I was able to knock off my list because I really wanted those two things in there. Well, I want. Can I take your your question a little bit further, and hopefully it doesn't mess up any more questions. Yes, Brian Flores is not the the, the only wild card here. He's coming in right. and taking over. You know the kind of the Keith Butler role, but Terrell Austin is taking his role and taking a little bit beyond because he's now the actual coordinator. Right. You know, because uh, it's all in perception of how much Butler and Austin work together, you know, one okay. and two. Uh, almost, it's but, two people working together. It's just who has that title. I almost, are you, can you still hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just wondering, because my computer just absolutely freaked out on me and no, I lost you're good okay you're right there okay yeah. um I almost put Flores Austin um yeah but I decided to go with with the Flores impact because we know Austin, more of what Austin can bring yeah correct and F- Flores was more the wild card yeah so that's why I put it with Flores yeah uh, you know kind of uh, what's his impact going to be um how much are he and Austin going? Believe it or not, it comes down to how much is he are he and Austin going to work together, um, and pick each other's brains to come up with some really fantastic schemes. Yeah. Now, I'm if the two of them can work well together, yeah. it it could be um, bad news for opposing quarterbacks of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. All right, I'm going to bring this up. This is from Oliver Wood. It says Tomlin is the actual coordinator. And you know what my answer is to that? No, he's not. He's the head coach. People don't understand that a head coach's job is to not, isn't to just sit back and let the coordinators do everything. No, no. Even though it was, my goodness, high school freshman football, when I was the head coach and often I, I was a, moving up the hierarchy, I started off as the assistant coach and the defensive coordinator. If the head coach had something that he wanted to do specifically on defense at a given time, guess what? He told me, and we did it. Mm-hmm. My first year as the head coach, when I was when I was the offensive coordinator, when I wanted something specific done, hey, you're running the same, you're running the same defense too often. We need to switch it up some. That's me as the head coach doing that. That's Mike Tomlin. It's not like he has the sheet there calling every individual play with the defense, but he's the head coach. He says, hey, I, hey, I want to send somebody this, this play. 
hey, mix it up. You know, hey, let's let let's let's drop some guys deep here, and not give it up. That's what a head coach does. That's, that's not right. being. That's not people say that's calling the place. No, he's telling the coordinator what he wants. That's how it works. Now, are there some offensive minded? Coaches that don't really say much of the defense, sure. And it goes the same the other way, that there's defensive-minded head coaches that just kind of let the offensive guy do their thing. But Mike Tomlin, even as a defensive coach, he's got his hand in everything because he's been around long enough to do this. That's just how it works. So it's not that you're wrong with that one, Oliver. What I'm saying is part of the job of being a head coach is you are above the, the defensive coordinator. Because that's your job. Because yeah. when they screw you're, up the defense, they don't. That's. You ever watch that episode of Coach? You ever watch that episode of Coach when um um oh what, what's his name what oh um Dick Van Dyke's brother Jerry <laughs> Jerry Jerry Van Dyke. He was the offensive coordinator, or was he the defensive coordinator? Whatever. He wanted to call something specific. He said, "Do it. If it doesn't work, I'll take the heat." And it didn't work. And he gets up in there to take the heat at the press conference. And guess what the press does? They no, ultimately it's the head coach that makes this decision. And they went after the head coach. That's how it works. Go ahead, Rich. Sorry, I went off nope. on my little you're, you're, No, you're, that's yeah. okay. It, it, it's just a um, – people have to understand that part of the head coach's job during game is managing yeah. coordinators. Yeah. Exactly. Managing the coordinators. Because guess what? If if they don't make adjustments at halftime, who do they hold that on? Tomlin. Does he go in and say, hey, coordinators, change it up? I don't know. Just change it. Fix it. Do better. I mean, he might, but he's he's got to have something to say, you know? So it, it, it's just how it works. My, uh, I'm going to go to my number three. It goes along with your number three, okay. but from a player perspective. And that is, yep. can... Devin Bush and Miles Jack work together on the field at the same time. Is that something that's going to work? They said about even Devin Bush being the buck and people are like, oh, he's not a buck linebacker. They have to do this. Really? The name of the buck and Mac linebackers, the whole reason they're named that is based on their alignment. It's based on their alignment, strong side, weak side. That's how it works. Now, the Steelers typically have their Buck linebackers do this, their Mac linebackers do that, blah, blah, blah. But there's no golden rule that says it has to be that way. All it does is talk about where they're lining up. And I think it's going to look different. The question is, will it work? And guess what that comes back to? The Brian Flores impact. Yeah, it does. So I think these two questions are very closely related. What what, what say you about the Bush-Jack um, move right now? Um, I mean, that's part of, the, that's the question going into camp. How can they work together? Do they work together or is, or is the answer something different? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't work, then they got to try to do something. They did it last year. They've realized that Bush and Spillane with where Devin Bush was with, the trust in his knee, which was not what it needed to be last year, that those two together weren't weren't going to work. So they tried to do an upgrade with Schobert. They did their best. Now they feel that they got an even better upgrade right? because they brought in Jack, let Schobert go. We'll, we'll see what happens. So you ready for your number two? Yes, sir. Number two. Okay. 
would be questions on the offensive line between Green Dots and Cole. <laughs> and <Daniels>. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so here you go. Uh, again, the reason. I, okay, now you talked about why you didn't make it any higher. You you said it was because you know you kind of felt they had an idea where things could go. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. You want to know why I have it so high? It's important. <laughs> It's important, <laughs> and we were talking about the same thing last year. Yes. We were talking about yeah. all the offensive line questions going into camp last year. It's a different question this year. Actually, I think it's a better question to have this year yeah. uh, than the questions we had last year. There were way too many question marks. Here it's, okay, we got guys. Who's going to take the bull by the horns and get it done? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but still, to me, it's going to make – it's actually going to make for a fun um, watch during camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are going to see some really intense offensive line play during training camp. Yeah. Here's my thing of, of how this goes because every year – I get excited. A lot of Steelers fans get excited about the Steelers additions, especially the free agent ones. You know, you can get excited about the draftees as well, but you also don't know how soon they're going to contribute. Last year, man, did they call one of a ton. But when it comes to free agents, it's very rare that all of them work in the same year. Yeah, It's very rare that all of them work. And you're talking about James Daniels, Mason Cole, Miles Jack, Jannard Avery. Who's the other one? There's more. You know, um, you know, but you know, who even knows how much Avery's going to get called on? Right. Um, I, I know there's I know I'm missing somebody. Oh, Levi Wallace. There we go. That's the other big one I'm thinking about. What are the odds of all of them working out great? Yeah, not the odds of that are small. I have hope that they all are, but the but I've got to go with the reality in the back of my head that there's a chance that one of these guys is you know for every for every Kevin Green, there's a Dante Moncrief. <laughs> you know, Dante, everyone. I remember asking the question because now the rule has since changed when it comes to the compensatory formula that, that you, you could drop someone up until week 10 and they wouldn't count in the formula. That doesn't happen anymore. The players are locked in. You, the Steelers could, I mean, they could drop them now. It wouldn't matter, but it doesn't matter because they're, they, they're not getting a comp pick anyway. They picked up too many players, but I asked the question in, it was in, it was probably one of those June questions when not much was going on about, Hey, if the Steelers to keep their third round draft pick and as a comp pick, would they, and they would have to drop Deontay Moncrief. Would it be worth dropping him? And you know what the overwhelming response was? No way. Look at all that he brings to the table and all oh, the third round pick. You don't know if that's going to work out. Of course you want to have, have Dante Moncrief. By about week five of the season, when it actually happened and LJ Fort got cut by the Eagles and the Steelers weren't going to get a comp pick unless they dropped Dante Moncrief. 
then everyone's like, they got to get rid of him. There's no way we should keep this guy in order to not get the third round pick because of how it works out. Yep. So I hate to say it, but that's why I'm glad the Steelers added two offensive linemen in free agency. Because if it just so happens that where it doesn't work out is offensive line, then at least you should get one, you know? Right. And sometimes it doesn't work out because of injury or something like that. So that's my biggest thing is, is that I'm always like, same with the Levi Wallace, which is going to roll me right into my question too, which just so happens to be who will be the every, uh, the every down cornerbacks. Yep. Who's going to get the majority of those snaps out there when you've got those three guys. If something happens where it's Levi Wallace that's 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 the guy that something happens there, at least the Steelers do have some other options that aren't necessarily great, but they but they do have three guys kind of fighting for two play every snap positions. Yep. So just in the back of my of my mind, but to me, I'll ask you this: who do you think is the guy that's going to get the least amount of snaps out of those three? Or do you think they split them evenly and not and no one's out out there 100 percent of the time? If you asked me right now, right now, I would because we we don't know yet. Before we go into camp, if you would mm-hmm. ask me right now, just before we go into camp, I say it's closer to an even split. Okay, me if I'm going to say right now going into camp, I'm going to say Witherspoon has the least amount of snaps because he doesn't bring enough to the run defense and the obvious rundowns. Or not run downs, but run, you know, down distance personnel package by the offense. I could see him being a guy that comes off when it's highly likely going to be a run play. For that reason, that's the only but, reason why I would say. But, that. but who knows? Maybe he comes in a training camp and starts tearing it up against the run. That boy, wouldn't that be fantastic? I mean, because that—that's what's missing from his game. Right. I mean, you—you you add that to it, and man, the Steelers got to. You know, got to steal in that trade and got to steal bringing him back, um, if that's the case. So, you ready for our number ones? Sure. Oh, you want me to get one? Okay. I wonder if we have the same number one because there's one thing we're missing. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Yep. And I put it number one because I knew you'd have it number one. Yep. So, because it will be the first time since 2005. Yeah, that's the safest way five to say training camp. Five training camp. Exactly. The Steelers would do not know 100% who their starting quarterback is going to be. So the quarterback question is the big question going into camp. And I went with this specific word because mine's the same thing. But I didn't just say the quarterback or starting quarterback. I, I said it this way. See if you like this. I said the quarterback hierarchy. Yeah. Because we still don't know how it's all going to play out with the four that they have. I mean, there's still some people that thinks that that oh no, they're they're not going to like some of them. They might even bring in somebody else. Okay, and just how it's going to go. I've said before, I'm not sold on if Kenny Pickett's not the starter week one that he gets a helmet. Because I if they if they haven't moved on from their other quarterbacks and all the guys that are there, it would make sense to have a Rudolph or a Trubisky. Of as a guy that's been on the bench and ready to step in at a moment's notice, do that to start the season, especially those first three weeks when they play was it three three games in eleven days, something like that. Something so, like that. 
Exactly. So it's not even like a lot of, you know, like some people say, yeah, it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna. They're like, it's gonna be Mitch. I think it's probably gonna be Mitch as well. But then who's next? And then who's next? And if it is Kenny, which I'm, I love that the Steelers don't have to force Kenny there. They don't have to force Kenny Pickett in there. You know, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to blow them out of the water to be the starter, in my opinion, to start the season. And if he does, what a great problem to have. Right. The, so the only other option is if you're dealing with injuries and that would just suck. Basically, Kenny Pickett's going into um, his first season the same way Ben Roethlisberger did. Yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger was the three. Charlie Batch gets hurt during camp. Then Maddox gets hurt in game two, and Ben Roethlisberger never turns back. Yep. No. So. Now, are we? I'm not expecting the same thing, and that's one thing that Steelers fans got to realize. As much as I like to say, "Hey, look at how the Steelers do things." and you have a pretty good indication of what's going to happen. That's true. But expectations for individual players and their readiness, you you know, don't don't put Ben Roethlisberger expectations on Kenny Pickett. Don't put, you know, don't put Ben Roethlisberger rookie expectations on rookie Kenny Pickett, in my opinion. You know, let Kenny Pickett be Kenny Pickett. I, I don't want him to be Ben Roethlisberger 2.0. I want him to be Kenny Pickett 1.0. Right. And see how good that guy can be. That's just me. So, yeah. But that that's the biggest question, of course, when it comes to the Steelers and training camp. So, that was a pretty good recap. Um, so, the different ones that we had was I said, I said, will the wide receivers be ready? You asked about Matt Canada's offense. Um, we both had about the interior offensive line. You said about the Brian Flores effect. I said specifically with, with Bush and Jack, very similar questions. Yours was from a coaching standpoint. Mine was from a player standpoint. Then we talked about the cornerbacks. You said that early. I had that late. And then of course the quarterbacks just for fun, real quick, before we get to our final question, do you want to know what my five was last year? What 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 were your five last year? My five last year, counting them down because I found them in an old notebook. Okay, number five was the rotation at outside linebacker because they had Melvin Ingram in there. Yeah, that wasn't didn't suffice some people. Um, four, how will how will Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger look together? Um, three, who's your starting tackles and how's that going to pan out? That didn't pan out at all how we expected. Nope. Um, number two, cornerback. Then that's when they went out and got Spoon and everything. You know, how was it going to be with Cam Sutton being in there? No, Mike Hilton, blah, blah, blah. You had that kind of stuff. And then the number one thing was, who's the starting center? <laughs> Which we still have into your offensive line um, as the same kind of deal. So very similar stuff there. Very similar stuff. Okay. Um, do you think we should just ask the question of the show as our big question tonight? Sure, why not? So we're going to say, what's the biggest question? That's going to be our question tonight. Um, I got to type it in. So do, 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 do. Well, Here you're we typing, hold on, hold on. Oh, never mind. I it, but go ahead and okay. say something. Um, yeah, it, it took me a little bit, but I got there. Did so, you find that um, article? Yeah, the, <laughs> it was It was on the Post-Gazette. It was posted okay. on July the 17th. It was by Virginia Montanez. Mont- yeah, I, I, I knew it was something like that. It's I had no why, chance of remembering that without seeing it. Why Pittsburghers can't let go of the past. 
So yeah. it's not just about the stadium now, but a lot of things in there. It was so well written, and especially if you grew up in or around Pittsburgh. Yeah. And she's not saying that they should let go of the past. She's saying why they don't. It was really well done from that standpoint. It wasn't saying that they need to get over stuff. No, it was, it was really, really well done piece. So here we go. Biggest question going into training camp. Uh, Gene Smith says cornerback or RB two. See, to me, RB two is, it's only going to be important when you need it to be and watch it. And, but you know why Steelers fans think it's important because how many times did they get to the postseason? It was huge. Yeah. And in, in the in the 20-teens. I mean, that's what happened. So, um, and that's what George Chesson says, is, is the RB2 on the roster yet? That's a good question. Okay. What my answer was, they had plenty of chances to replace Benny Snell Jr. And they haven't. They continually haven't. So I'm not going to believe that they're going to do it until they surprise me and do it. That's just me. Um, Kevin, is that, what is that? Broken Burrow says, play calling. Questions about the play calling, okay? Uh, Oliver Wood kind of goes along with that. I say, is there a quarterback who can play? You know, not just who's going to win it. How good are they going to be? That's a great way to put it, you know? So it's not just being the best to win the job, but being the best being the best to go out there and actually do a good job for the Steelers. Uh, BF Bud says it's the it's the I just said Bud, Bud <laughs> you know, like Bud. Bud. sorry BF Bud said starting quarterback. Um, Demetrios says, "Are we a contender or pretender?" I don't think that's a training camp question. I think that's a that's a first half of the season question. So that's a great question. But that's not one that's going to get answered in training camp is the biggest no. Um Kathy has a good one. She says, well, all these players, new and old, meld as a team. Chemistry. Team chemistry. That's the thing. Okay. Claude Bishop's asking about RB2. Steeler Chick 46 since the says the, the, the biggest question is the O-line. Will they improve? Okay. Um T-Bar says, what is a stealer? You know what? There's going to be some guys on this team that's going to try to, that's got to figure out what it means to be a stealer. I mean, what is it? Only a 20 couple of the guys that have been to training camp in the trobe? Yep. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I skipped a little bit. Doc Holliday says line play on both sides of the ball. Okay. Uh, Steelers freak. Will the Steelers blow out one team this year? Good question. Not necessarily a training camp question. Okay, Brian Blackstock also agrees. Who's the QB1? Um, Steel Dog 88 says Brian Flores and Terrell Austin gelling together. Um, <laughs> uh, says, what is the draft capital the Steelers were game when trading Rudolph? Man, the fans are so convinced. I think they're so convinced that now. That I'm almost rooting for it to not happen just because so many people are trying to this. I'm not sure it happens. I'm not sure it is either. I'm not sure. I think the Steelers, you know, if you think they value, if you think they value Deontay Johnson on a cheap contract with what he can bring, which well, some people think they shouldn't, they should value what they could get in return for him. You'd be shocked what they're going to value with a quarterback standing there holding a clipboard that could just go if they have to. Okay. Uh, Steelers Pittsburgh says, How long it takes the O line to gel? That's a great question. They were up against the eight ball last year because who was supposed to be the starting O line never, you know, played like what, nine snaps together? Then it ended up not even being that because Zach Banner had a setback with his knee. 
They just never got their offensive line who they thought it was going to be playing to get in the preseason. I think that's a great preseason training camp question because they didn't get that last year. Okay. Uh, Reginald Rivers, I'm just taking, he says NT that he wants to know what's going on at nose tackle. That's a good way to put it, put it short. Uh, Brian Brown says, does Matt Canada really have some magic genius offense that just needs a mobile quarterback? Basically, Rich's question number five, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yep. Okay. Um, trying to skip over comments sure. to make sure we get the question. Sherry says, will Dan Moore Jr. step up and be the answer at left tackle? That's a great question. And I think that's a training camp question for sure. Okay. Um, okay. It's a long one. But- yeah, so I wanted to make sure it was, it was actually a question before I brought it up. So sorry for the long pause. Michael O'Malley says, will we run for one yard on first, two one second, incomplete pass on third, then punt? Canada, prove, prove it year. Okay. Yeah, that's, you know, to me, that was a little bit more of the Randy Lane offense where we knew exactly what was coming on every down. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Although I would say um, the offense more was like run for one yard on first, two yeah. on second and complete a six-yard pass on third, then punt. Now, I'll be honest with you, because I know there's some Steelers beat beat writers that do this. I'm going to go off on my little rant again. I know we don't have much time. But people that complain about the Steelers throwing short of the sticks and then also complain that they're throwing it long on third and short. Yes. Think about it. The defense is set up to stop you in that zone. So guess what you're going to have to do sometimes to have the most success? throw short of that zone and see if they can break it or throw over that zone. And then when the Steelers do that, you get mad. So just, I mean, do you really want, I mean, it's kind of like saying, Hey, we're going to put all 11 guys between, between the numbers and your sidelines. Cause we don't want you running over there. Guess what you do. You'll run the other way. Same thing here. When they, if, when their defense is set up to not give up, anything in a certain area sometimes you got to go short of that or long of that i know it can be frustrating and the reason steelers fans are spoiled by that is because you had a wide receiver before he completely melted down that could still get open in those areas no regardless of how the defense was playing them and we got spoiled yes that's not generally how it works you've got to have a transcendent player like that so you know, top, top of the league. All right. Um, thank you. I almost lost a start. Bart Mackey. Oh, line. Good question. Okay. Um, Richard. Oh, sorry. We both hit it. Uh, Richard Adamson said, will rookie wide receivers be ready week one? That was, that was my question. Number five. That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to go, go T- people. T-Bar T- asked a question, but I don't know. That he it's really a good one, but let's, question. let's just do it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not getting into that one because that's that's not yeah. a training camp question. That's what I okay. said. It's not a training camp question. Okay. So yeah, so that's that's the big thing. So I'm trying to make sure that we get back to it. Okay. Um George. Here. George OTJ says he wants his questions. The biggest question is the offensive line. Um, Evan, is that Giles? Maybe. Um, how will Anthony McFarland do? That's a <laughs> that's a good question. You know, yep. coming back after maybe hopefully being fully fully healed from from the knee, you know, or will he ever than that? Okay. Uh, so I've not seen anything else. Um, some of these are people just asking questions, not asking right. what the yeah. biggest question is for, for, um, for training camp. So, oh, wait, uh, with this, that, no, this, wait, 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 I found one no, that's no. Be brought up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought this was it. Steve yeah. Freak wants to know, will we see Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Harvin? 
here's the deal with that Steelers freak. I don't know if you listen to the audio only shows. I asked a question about the kicking at the Steelers home stadium for this week's stat geek. So I'm talking about field goals. I'm talking about punting. Check it out. I'm going to get into a little bit of this question. So that's, that, that's a, Oh, Evan said, I got his last name, right? Yay. So there we go. Rich. I know, um, I, uh, some people are just asking regular questions, not saying what the biggest training camp question is. And unfortunately, I would love to do nothing but just answer questions. We're out of time. We talked too much about what condiments you put on hamburgers um, at the beginning and great barbecue rubs. But that's oh, yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> that's how we roll. So make sure you check it out behind the curtain.com. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. We talked about the one that was on just before us. Tomorrow morning, you got another Let's Ride. Make sure you check it out. Um, it's kind of our flagship show because it's the show that, occurs more than once in a week. Uh, and then, of course, make sure, hey, in I'm going to tell you, check out tomorrow night's curtain call. You're going to want to. Those of you, especially you, you here in the live chat, you're going to want to check out tomorrow night's curtain call. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm hoping I can catch it live, but um, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, Rich, what do you have to close us out here tonight? What do you have for All your right. final thoughts? Okay. What I have is actually a, a another really really big training camp question. Okay. Okay. Here is here is the really big training camp question. Okay. Okay. And here here's how it goes. Nine days from today, <laughs> Big Bro Sco is going to be at Steelers training camp. Who's going to be there with me? Can't wait. When I know that it can never really be the same How could I move forward When I keep looking backward I'm just standing still How can I fight to succeed